Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Hey, friends, and welcome, welcome. It's always great to have you in the house. Uh, if you are a guest here, glad you're here, let us know in the chat where you jumped on, where you signed in from. It's always great to get you guys connected as well. And if, by the way, you're watching this or listening to it later, hey, you're doing great jogging those miles. Hey, that's awesome. But uh, seriously, though, I'm loving the fact that you guys catch up. I'm proud of you, and it is really great to stay connected. On that note, though, uh, I just want to let you guys know, we are going to um, start meeting in person. Yes, it's happening. Palm Sunday, we're starting back both campuses, two services. So make sure you are in the know about that and come out for those. Also, also on Easter, we're going to have one outdoor service. And we're doing this on purpose because we want to make sure that we can uh, accommodate everybody and uh, that people can come out, even though you might feel like, I'm not quite sure if I'm ready for like an indoor service. This is outdoors. So invite friends family, uh, enemies, uh, ex-boyfriend, girlfriends, maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Don't do that. But come on out. It's going to be great. Uh, we've got stuff for the kids as well. And also, 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 um, because we're going to start back up, I need your help. Really, really quick. I'm going to just tell you, we need your help to serve people. Yes, to jump on the team and let's reopen in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to take a lot more people to do this, but we got to do this together. And I'm asking you right now, let's join uh, right now in the chat if you can. You, uh, just uh, contact someone. Just say, hey, I'm willing to serve. And we will get you plugged in. If you listen to it later and you're like, hey, I'm not in the chat. I'm just jogging here. I'm doing whatever. Um, just reach out to us. Email us uh, at info at mosaicchurch.tv and we will get you plugged in. All right, let's jump into today's topics. Um, this, is, um, this is week nine, friends. Can you believe it? Week nine, people. Week nine, we are in uh, the book of Galatians. If you are just joining us, we've been covering the fruits of the Spirit. And what we realize these nine weeks, nine weeks, is that I'm getting a southern accent. Uh, I'm spending too much time with, uh, uh, with uh, Pastor Mike Smith. That's what I'm doing. Uh, but nine weeks, well, yeah, nine weeks. I'm just going to keep saying that. Um, but we've been talking about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness was last week, and today is self-control. These are all spiritual fruits that God wants to grow in us. Number one, God loves to see us grow. He really does. That's why he made um, spirituality a growth process. And so if you're not there yet, that's good. That's fine. He loves watching you grow. So it's a great thing. It's encouraging. Also, these are 
fruits of the Spirit that actually um, you and I have to partner with the Holy Spirit to actually allow Him to do something that's supernatural, which means, which means, number one, you have to be just open to the Holy Spirit's work, but God's going to grow this in you. The Holy Spirit's going to do the work. And this is the test. Like, what kind of fruits you have, what kind of um, uh, fruits you are growing determines the kind of person you are. So if you ever wondered, hey, am I a good Christian? Am I, am I doing the thing that God wants me to do? Am I maturing as a spiritual uh, person or in Christ? Am I growing in my relationship with Christ? Well, here it is, people. Here it is. All these things have been extremely challenging, and I think it's been very encouraging for a lot of us because I've gotten the messages, like people talking about how great this conversation is. So if you've been joining us from, the, from day one, proud of you, 2021, way to start it out, right? Let's talk about the most important things. So today, let's talk about self-control. What do you think of? How many of you have it? If you're in the chat, you're like, I rock self-control. I don't think there's a lot of people. But I do know people who are better. They're just more disciplined, right? Just, they just are, and they're kind of annoying. Like, they have a lot of lists. And, I mean, I have a lot of lists, but they actually do the stuff. And I look at it a lot, and, and I hope and pray they get fixed. But they, they just do a lot of things. And, they, and then personality plays in. What, what do you think of when you think of self-control? I just want to say this, that you have to have self-control. You cannot dismiss this. Like, we can't say, well, you know, I've got the other things. I'm like, you know, naturally gentle person. I'm naturally full of joy. I'm a happy person. But I don't know if anyone's naturally self, has self-control. Maybe. But regardless, I really believe you need to have it, though. You, you have to have self-control. You, you really do. And it's, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's so important because I think it... it influences all the other ones. It influences all the other fruits of the Spirit, uh, and it also is connected to really living life to the fullest. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Because we have to rethink our definition of what self-control is, spiritual self-control. Because I think spiritual self-control is God supernaturally allowing me to not sin, like, a lot. Like, basically, if I eat this fruit or I grow this fruit, if I have this fruit, I will sin less. And I don't think that's really the definition. But even though spiritually, that's what we think it is. A couple of passages on self-control here. Um, this is interesting. Uh, uh, Paul is writing to uh, uh, Titus, a, this, uh, a person he's discipling, and it's a letter to a church there, and, and he says this. He says, teach older women, I'm sorry, sorry, teach older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. Okay, makes sense. He's, again, talking about this idea of, you know, being, being in control, like having self-control. But then he says this, which I think is hilarious. He says, uh, this is talking, talking about older women. He says, then, he said, they must not slander others or be, check this out. I'm reading this. This is in the scriptures. This is the New Living, living trans- Translations, friends. It says, and be, and uh, they must not be, they must not slander others or be heavy drinkers which I think it's funny. Like, when he was writing this, he was like, 
I'm going to tell the women to stop, did not, did not to stop gossiping and, um, and stop drinking heavily. Like, like basically he's writing to the cast of like Real Housewives of, of Titus or something, Real Housewives of Mosaic maybe. That might be a show. But he's, I just think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. But anyways, okay, let's see. In all seriousness, no. In all seriousness, we've got to um, really understand what self-control means. And for that, we need to go to the actual Greek word uh, that Paul uses. He uses the word, which is very interesting to say. I'm going to try to say it. It's the word eften lein inkos. Eften lein inkos. Very in- interesting to say, but even more intriguing. Because this word actually means to have self-possession. Self-possession. Right here, I think the scriptures are changing uh, our perception of what self-control is. He's saying, I don't want you, I want you to be fully possessed of yourself and don't allow other emotions or things to possess you. Because when you allow certain things to possess you, you lose self-possession. Which is interesting because Proverbs 25 says this, a city, like a city whose walls are broken through, is a person who lacks self-control. Let me read it one more time. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. What, a, what, a, what, a, what an imagery right there, right? Like it's like, oh, wow, I never thought of self-control like that. I never thought of allow, like if I don't have self-control, I allow um, alien uh, or foreign uh, invaders into my soul. Like I allow other things to possess me. Which in one sense actually does make sense because when I lose self-control, uh, the, the, I am taken over by a certain emotion, certain need, certain want, and then I do it. So I don't want to do this. I'm over, overtaken by laziness maybe. Or I, I just, I just, I just, what I, I just what, whatever the reason is, I'm not, I don't have self-possession, which is pretty interesting, isn't it? So what does that look like? What does that mean for us? What do the scriptures say about that? I think Proverbs, I mean, sorry, Proverbs does a great job, but Paul does a great job too. Pro, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, he says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. What is he saying? He's like, hey, I am not going to give away my land in a sense. I'm not going to give away uh, ownership of who I am. I'm not going to give away power to someone else to possess me, to have possession over me, to be my master. And friends, I think this is so, so important for us to know this and believe this and, and not to dismiss like, hey, I just don't have self-control. Because I know, I mean, there are certain things I have self-control over. But you can fill in the blank, right? I have self-control, uh, or you can say, I don't have self-control when it comes to fill in the blank. Think about it. We all have things that we are naturally committed to or we have control over, and others, things we don't. Certain things can trigger, in a sense, us, and then we, le- we lose um, not just self-control, but let's use the Greek word, or the, the idea of the Greek word, we lose self-possession. We give someone else uh, control over us. And so here, here, I think the scriptures are telling us, hey, you need, you need uh, this fruit more than you think. 
You need this fruit. You need this fruit. So who's the person who modeled this so well? Well, of course, it's Jesus, right? Because Jesus modeled the life that he wanted us to live. Last week I told you, like, Jesus is everything God wants uh, us to know about him. Jesus is the person. So when it comes to self-control, we got to go to Jesus. And there's a lot of passages about Jesus and self-control, but I think a classic one is when Jesus is tempted uh, to not have self-control, uh, in a sense, or to give in to temptation. You guys remember that? It's him being tempted in, yes, the desert. So let's j- jump to that. Because I think you might have heard this sermon, in a sense, talking about temptation or self-control or discipline. Um, And people have used this passage. But let's read this, right? It's Matthew chapter 4, verses 2 to 11. This is the end. This is the New Living Translation. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Which is interesting, isn't it? it? It, He wasn't led by the devil. He was actually led by God to go in there. So God kind of, in a sense, put him in that position. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During the time, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Hey, of course, I've starved. I can do this power. Why not? But then Jesus told him, No, no. The Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, here, this is what a great picture of self-control. But he's using something to have self-control, it seems like, right? He's using Scripture. He's obviously using the Old Testament Scriptures. And and the Jewish uh, listeners to this, or the readers to this, understand this. They know exactly what he was doing here. Then, it says, the devil took him to a holy um, city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the Son of God, jump off. For Scriptures say... He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with your hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Did you notice what happened here? Temptation, the the, the enemy, Satan, now used Scripture. Now used Scripture to actually convince him to be tempted to do something. Before he didn't, now he kind of goes, well, I know what the game Jesus is playing, so I'll just use Scripture. Just fascinating. And, beside, and, and just, just FYI there, uh, think of this as temptation, not just the enemy, like not just Satan showing up. Think of temptation. Temptation has a way of seriously justifying those nachos. Oh, come on. Come on. The other day, friends, I went to a restaurant. There was like one do- it was a dollar tacos. Who's going to give that up? I don't know. I must have had 16. I don't know. But whew, they were so good. And I was like, no, I don't eat tacos, but dollar tacos, taco Tuesdays, I mean, come on. Anyways, so when it comes to self-control, temptation, all kinds of justification to take place. Let's keep on going. Then what, is, what happens there? Then, um, then Jesus responds. It says here, he says, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. All right. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you would kneel down and worship me. And then Jesus says this, get out of here, Satan. Which again, guys, this is the New Living Translation. I'm not sure he says, get out of here. 
I don't think he does that. But anyways, he says, get out of here. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, Here's the conclusion to this passage, in a sense. Like, the, the, this, the, the, the clear case, um, in, a, in a sense, like the, 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 the surface, you know, idea of this passage is, here's how you have self-control. Here's how you resist temptation. Okay, ready for it? You what? You know, you know what? You know God's Word. Okay, you've heard that before. I've heard that before. I think it's kind of true, but I don't think it's complete because the power was not necessarily in, the, in God's Word because Satan actually used that power, remember? He used it. So what fueled Jesus' self-control? See, that's the big question. What fueled it? Was it his belief? His conviction? Was it his memory of the Scriptures? Was it? Because he remembered, he believed them, he was convicted. You're not going to change my mind, Satan. I mean, let's think about temptation. Let's think about self-control in light of all the things that we're thinking of right now. Like, I wish I had more self-control on this area of my life. When you think of those things, let me ask you, you know what the right thing to do is? Do you? Or are you like, I, I don't know. I just don't know what I should do. I don't know. Of course you do. You know. I know. We know. So when it comes to temptation, it's not that we don't remember what the right thing is. We don't, it's not like we are not convinced it's the right thing. We do. And it's not like we're, um, we don't believe it's actually going to help us. We do. We do all these things. But yet, do we do the right things? No. Sometimes, most times, a lot of times, it doesn't happen. We know we shouldn't act like this. We know we shouldn't say this. We know we should do more of this. We don't. So, so, again, what fueled Jesus's Self-possession, self-control. I would say that the answer lies in what happened right before he went to the desert. What happened right before that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay, let's just go back. The chapter before, the end of that chapter, here's what happened. Jesus got baptized. Now, you're like, Oh, that's it. I just need to get baptized again. Well, okay. First of all, if you want to get baptized, let us know. We'll baptize you. But if you're like, hey, I'm eating a whole lot of things I don't want to eat. I want to get baptized. That's not the solution. You're like, oh, I got to lose some calories. I want to get baptized. No, no. I cuss a lot. I'm going to get baptized. No, no, no. That's not it. That's not it. And that's not what I'm saying here. We got to get into it. Let's get into it. What happened? Well, it says here, Matthew 3, 16, says, after his baptism... Jesus came up out of the water. Now just picture this, okay? Picture this. And the heavens opened up and, the, and he saw the, the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Like Jesus has this moment. He comes out of the water. He sees something. There are people around him. If you know the story, he went to John to get baptized. John was like, hey, what's going on? I don't want to baptize you. You're God. And you, you, I came, like, you're the reason I exist. And I'm baptizing you. And John's like, Jesus was like, no, you got to do this. You got to do this. So there are people there. Remember that. There are people there. Now it's happening. It's happening. There's, a, there's not a dove. There's a spirit that kind of looks like a like a dove, but it descends on him. And then, and then, this is the key part. Verse 17, key part. And then a voice from heaven said, 
So there's a voice now. Everybody heard it. There's a voice that said, this is what it said. It says here, this, the voice said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. I love it. Now, this is, this is like one of those father-son moments. Like Jesus is like having his moment, and, then, and it's like this dad who shows up, and he's like, hey, just everybody, everybody, just want you to know, Jesus, I love you. I love you, man. I love you. You're my son, and you bring me great joy. I love you. I, I wonder if, God, if Jesus was like, dad, you're embarrassing me. Like, I know you love me. Okay, we, we've covered this. Like, that's why I'm here. Like, we got this. Why did Jesus had to hear from the father, his father, those words. Because right after he heard those words, he was then led by the Spirit into the desert. I would say that the one thing that fueled Jesus' self-control, the one thing that allowed him to not be tempted to become anything less than what God wanted him to become was his father's love. You see, we, as humans, look at our loved ones and we go, hey, make us proud, which means I'm not proud of you right now, but do something. And then make us proud, right? It's, it's the opposite. It's like God was like, I'm going to tell you before you get tempted, I'm going to tell you before you do any of the miracles that I love you. And besides, and, and, and I'm not going to have a, have a private moment. I'm going to put it on Twitter. Like, I'm going to tell everybody, by the way, Jesus' father, I love this guy. I love him. He is my dearly loved son. And then what's that? Well, he says, you bring me great joy. Friends, I don't, I can't, I can't um, emphasize this uh, anymore, any, uh, more than I can. Like, the, the, this is huge. You and I have to be convinced that we bring God, joy. He looks at you. He looks at me any day, every day, all day, and he smiles. And he goes, I love you. And you're thinking, I know what I'm thinking. Not every time. But friends, I don't think there's ever been a moment where God hasn't looked at us and went, you're my dearly loved daughter. You're my dearly loved son. And I know that you're acting in a weird way. Or I know what you're doing. I see everything you're doing. But you bring me great joy. Let me just ask you, if you were convinced of that, well, how would your life be different? I think it would be radically different. Because I'll, I'll tell you what it will do. It will fuel your self-control. It will fuel your power to not let anything else possess you. It will fuel you and it will keep you um, from, uh, from becoming something someone else wants you to become. It will give you the power to resist the, the, the temptation to be anything less than what God wants you to be. So we move from this idea that self-control is given to us uh, because God wants us to just stop sinning. Like, it's not that, friends. It's not that. Because if we, if we, if, if we keep thinking that way, we're going to keep focusing on the thing that we shouldn't be doing. And if you focus on the thing you, you're not supposed to do, what happens? 
you do it. You do it. That's what happens. It seems like what God is saying here is, hey, 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 here's what I'm doing. I'm, 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 giving, I'm giving Jesus my love because it's not because I want him to live a perfect life. It's not. It's not because I want him to stop sinning. No, I'm telling him this because, because I want him to live the life that I called him to live. And that's why God wants to give this fruit to us. Not so we could stop sinning, but that we would be become, but we would live life to the fullest. That we would live and the calling that God has laid out for us. You see, if the choice is to, to sin less or love more, God's going to say, focus on love more. Because I'll take care of you sinning less. Which Paul was convinced of that. That's why he's writing these letters. That's why in context, when you put, when you put all these things together, like why did he write this letter to the so-and-so, and, and how's he doing this? I mean, Paul writes, into, uh, writes the book of Romans to a particular group of people, and he tells them this. He says, hey, I don't think you realize this. I, th- I think you may be forgotten that God really, God really um, wants you to focus on living the life God wants you to live. Like He wants you, to, in fact, to start doing the work he's called you to do and not focus on stop doing the things you used to do. He did it with Jesus because he wanted Jesus to start doing the things that he was supposed to do. See, I think if we don't understand this, we're going to miss it because I know the temptation is for us to go, oh, hold on, but I know there are so many things I need to stop doing. Yes, mentally, psychologically, relationally, um, uh, Physically, there, there's so many things you and I need to stop doing. If I were to ask you, make a list, you would fill that list up. Now, if I would say that, I would say, okay, give me that list. Now, if I would say, give me a list of things that you think God wants you to start doing or continue to do, and you gave me a list. Now, if you could only do one list, what do you think God would want you to do? He wants you to have the self-control to do that list to start or continue the work that God has placed you on this world to do. He'll take care of the rest. And if you don't believe me, look at, again, look, look at what Paul says in Romans 6. He says, have you forgotten? He's like, have you forgotten? Do I need to remind you? He says, have you forgotten? That when you were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death. And we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we uh, also may live new lives. He's like, we're, gonna, we're living new lives. He keeps on going. He says, when, when he died, Jesus, when Jesus died, he died once to break the power of what? Sin. But now he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So, so you should, you should consider yourself. I know you don't feel this way. I know, I know you do a lot of things you just stop doing. I get that. But he says, but you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I mean, in another letter to the Corinthians, he says this. He said God was, in, was reconciling the world to himself. Did you remember that? He said God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Like that's why he did all this. He says not counting people's sin against them. And, and he, has, he, he has committed 
this to us as the message of reconciliation. He's saying this whole God, he's giving you the message. He's telling you God has reconciled you. Like he wants you to really focus on the whole living and start living the life that God's called you to live versus focusing on sinning less. Because guess what? He made you sin less. You get that? I know. Another cheesy Christian thing, but Christian cheese is the best cheese, especially with wine and other cheese. Anyways, but again, let's just, let, seriously though, do you, you see this? God wants us to shift our focus. He says, the self-control I want to put inside of you and grow inside of you is not about you um, s- stopping all the things you need to stop doing. Because there's so many things. He says, I want you to focus on start and continuing the things that I've called you to do. He said, that's why. That's why I made a way for sin to no longer have power over you. Did you just see? Did you just hear what I just read, guys? God was reconciling the world himself uh, in Christ. One author says this. He said, God smuggled Jesus into hell to destroy death. I'm, I'm like, that's genius. Like God was like, I'm going to defeat sin's power, but I'm going to do it a sneaky way. I'm going to send myself in a human body, and I'm going to what? God was in Christ, was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world. Why am I making a big deal about this? Because you and I are going to spend so much of our spiritual lives using self-control to stop doing the things that we already know are bad for us, unhealthy for us. And I want to make a case of, hey, what if you spent the rest of your life using self-control to actually live the life that God was calling you to live? What would that look like? Because like trying to be perfect is trying to keep leaves on trees. You know, it's like, it's futile. You, you, can't, you can't do this. And that's why so many of us are just frustrated. We're cynical. And I think it's actually a distraction. It's a distraction. So let's have a deep conversation about what is God challenging you and me to start or continue doing with self-control. This idea of self-possession. Like, don't give yourself over to anybody else. If you are going to give yourself over to give, give yourself like spirit possession in a sense, but not anybody else. Not anger and bitterness and unforgiveness, not hatred, not, not, not cynicism or laziness, not, not mediocrity, no, none of the hypocrisy. No, don't give yourself to that. Let's give ourselves uh, to what God wants to do in us. So let me ask it again. What do you need to do? What do you need to do? What do you think God is saying to you today? He's saying, hey, you know, you know what this is all about, right? I want you to start doing that. I know you're filled with fear, but I need you to stop doing that because if you don't start this, you will fall into temptation. You will become this kind of person. You see, there are moments in life that determine, guys, not what we are supposed to do, but who we're supposed to become. And it's moments of Retapping into the Holy Spirit and God's power uh, that we actually are able to do the things that 
God has called us to do, to start doing, because there are some things, friends, and I know it, that you and I need to start doing. We need to start doing it because they will determine who we will become. So let's do it. And if you're still like, yeah, 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 but name all the stuff, all the stuff. Let me read you another passage. man. Again, this is Paul. I think he wants to drive this home. This is to another church. He writes pretty much the same thing. And this is the message translation because I think it, it's really great uh, because it gives us so much insight and, uh, and it fills the colors here. It says this. It starts off, he says, summing it all up. I love how it starts, right? Summing it all up, friends. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard and saw and realized. Do that, do that, do that. You focus on that. And God, and God, now that's God's part, and God who makes everything work together, now God's part, all, the God who makes everything work together, he will work into, will work you into his most gl- excellent harmonies, which is kind of interesting. What he's saying here, he's trying to paint a picture of like, there's a work that God's doing, a kingdom, there's a river that's flowing of God's presence in this world throughout human history. And we're part of that. And he's saying, jump in. But I can't swim. I jump in. Don't sit on the side. Jump in. Start. And for some of you who are not, who are not, who've never jumped into a relationship with Jesus, you haven't given self-possession up to Jesus. That's what he's saying. He's like, you're going to focus your whole life trying to stop being this kind of person. You're going to stop. You're going to trying. You're going to try. You're going to live your the rest of your life uh, trying to limit yourself because you don't want to do or end up this way. He's saying, I want you to live a life wide open. And that's what a relationship with Jesus looks like. That's what you, say, you saying today, like, Jesus, all right, I'm going to give you my life. I'm give you, giving you my heart. That's what he's saying here, friends. So maybe today you need to start with a conversation with Jesus that says, God, all right, all right, let's do, let's do this. Because friends, that's what he wants from us. That's what he wants. He wants self-control to be so uh, grown in our hearts and lives that we will, every time, every time, we will, we, we will have the power to resist the temptation to be anything less than what God has called us to be. Hey, let's, let me pray for you. Can we do that? Let's do that. Father, I thank you so much for this conversation. I know that uh, as we are uh, talking about this, thinking about this, as we're pondering over all the things that you're actually saying to us, God. Um, we we want to be in a place where we can hear you. God, I, it's moments like these where like we hear something and, and then we also hear an inner voice that says, hey, this is what I want you to start doing. But God, I know also that there, there's, a, there's this resistance within us. It, it comes from within a resistance, a fear um, that says, well, if I, 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 I won't be able to do it perfect, so I'm not going to do it. I, I won't be, I, I'm not going to try this because I won't get it right. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to do this because I've tried it before and I failed. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this because I, I just, I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to last. I can't, I can't, 
commit to this. I, I, I'm, I'm not this person. I just need to stop doing this. I need to just stop doing this. If I could just stop being this way, if I could just stop doing, Father, I pray that you would silence those things. That is what the enemy wants. But God, would you speak to us with a new voice that says, hey, why don't you go start that project? Why don't you go start that, that, that dream I told you about? Why don't you start doing the good things that you're supposed to do? Why don't you start spending time with me? Why don't you start a relationship with me? Why don't you start the things? Why don't you focus on that? Father, we're open. Holy Spirit, we're open. As we end this conversation about the fruits of the Spirit, would you use this time to, to do a work that only you can do? That you would grow not only this fruit, but all the fruits that you want. God, thank you for giving us grace, giving us patience, for looking at us. And as we grow, some of us just barely hanging on, you still look at us and you're filled with joy. You're filled with excitement of what we could become. God, thank you for that. Thank you for that. You're amazing. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.